Welcome to Real Estate in the 608, Madison's real estate magazine for your ears. On iTunes, just look for Real Estate in the 608. I'm Ben Anton. And I'm Adam Elliott. Come on, baby, won't you hold me tighter than your fist curled up in a schoolyard fight? Thanks for waiting. That's the waiting song from Madison Musicians Seesaw. And welcome to Real Estate in the 608, Madison's real estate magazine for your ears. And if we didn't mention this before, Ben, we are now available on iTunes Podcast. Just ask Siri or Alexa, play real estate in the 608. And find us on iTunes. She will likely reply, that's a great idea. I'd <laughs> we'll- love to learn a little bit about real estate in an accessible and hyper-local way. That's <laughs> impressive that she would respond in such a way. I think that's, I think she's likely programmed to say sensible things like that. Well, Real Estate in the 608 is a podcast for homeowners, landlords, and folks who want investment properties and people who just want to be better at living in a house, right? Exactly. People who want to, uh, to, as we do, surround themselves with with people smarter than they are to learn, uh, to learn new things uh, simply by enjoying uh, a podcast. And we have found that there's actually a lot of people smarter than you and I sometimes. We, we, have, <laughs> we have found as of today four people uh, that are a good deal smarter than you and I both. Well, we are on episode four, and we've got a guest coming in. His name is Jesse Miller. Jesse does many things, actually. Jesse is certainly a Renaissance man. I first knew Jesse as the son of my landlord, mm-hmm. uh, and then he was the son of my first real estate broker, and then we worked aside one another as he and his team both renovated rentals and flipped some real estate. Okay, so a lot of experience in the real estate market in the Madison area. I first knew Jesse as a freshman in high school because we went to the same school and we were in the same class together. Well, this will be an interesting <laughs> reunion of sorts then. <laughs> we should introduce who we are. I'm Adam Elliott. I am a homeowner, uh, former news reporter in the Madison area, also used to work in radio as well. <laughs> yep, And uh, we could say La Follette High School alumni as well since we're spilling the beans on some of that today. Al- alumnus? Alumnus. Is that just one of you? Uh, I don't know. Until, Je- it... until Jesse arrives. Right. And we go plural alumni. Is it cacti or cactus? <laughs> on the next episode of Real Estate in the 608. <laughs> and who are you, my friend? Remember, my name is Ben Anton. <laughs> I am a real estate broker. I am a landlord. I am a homeowner. And I am someone who, who both enjoys learning as well as helping others do the same. Okay, let's talk about this week, Ben. Well, what's been going on this week for you? Since we have last talked, it's been an exciting spring here in Madison. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the most excitement for me came from several accepted offers for some clients that I've been working with since, uh, I would say, the beginning of the year, mm-hmm. broadly. Okay. We know that the Madison real estate market is pretty hot right now. Is this a change or is this normal that you've had accepted offers here? I would say that it tells me that this year is starting a little bit early. And mm-hmm. it is likely going to be one of, of both increased activity and certainly prices. I would say for me this week, you know, as a homeowner, I'm kind of kind of itching to do the outdoor yard work once again. It's been a long winter, hasn't it? Get that rake, but don't mind the last snow pile. I walk around all day, all night. I walk around. That's what's going on this week. Um, Let's look at what's going on from the headlines, though. From the headlines, some pretty interesting things. In fact, I thought there were three 
articles. You mentioned two that I thought might be worth mentioning, mm-hmm, both the mm-hmm. St. Mary's development along South Park Street. Yes, SSM, um, as they call themselves. SSM, now. as well as, uh, as, as an old haunt, likely, of, of many of our listeners, the, the Essen House. I know, right. So, I mean, that begs a lot of questions right there. The Essen House. Are we going to miss it? Is it going to be gone from the Madison landscape? Will it have the same pine saw smelling charm <laughs> if it were housed in a newer building? And how do I get one of those mugs hanging from the ceiling? I think what will happen to the mugs? What will happen to the mugs? Those are important questions. There was one article I thought that, mm-hmm. um, and I didn't mention it to you, but here we'll, I'm mentioning it now. Please do. Uh, written by uh, television producer John Roach. Mm-hmm. Is that what he? Is that what his title is? Sure. Uh, often uh, editorializing in the Madison magazine. Mm-hmm. Okay. His comments were, for the most part, about Epic and the uh, the growth Madison has seen since companies like Epic and Exact Sciences and mm-hmm. some of those big employer tech companies have started to contribute to Madison's growth. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I, I most appreciated his comment when he said, how long could Madison have relied upon its growth being only from people who came here to go to school and didn't leave? An interesting take, I suppose. I mean, a city does need to grow. It needs to expand as as more people uh, venture to it. And we know that, like, Madison is going to keep on growing. There's projected estimates of, like, 70,000 plus that will be coming well, in Madison I think, over the next I think the, the new growth we're seeing and mm-hmm. the new, new type and speed and depth and breadth of the growth we're seeing now is exactly the difference between being a hot spot with tech jobs and a lot of mm-hmm. them Versus being a pleasant place that people settled down. <laughs> this is true. And I mean, this lends right into the other two stories. So SSM is thinking of, well, I think they are in the process of purchasing the land on Park Street that is currently pick and save mm-hmm. um, for a larger development. Some concerns about food issues in that area, though. You know, how close is that going to be? But this is moving forward as well as the Essen House property. I believe a developer put a plan down to take most of that block Maybe Sands, the hotel that's on the corner. Right. The Hotel Um, Ruby Marie, I believe, has some uh, historic significance and perhaps even some historic protections. Mm -hmm. If I'm not mistaken, they have some historic ghosts in their rooms, too. I was just speaking with... um, Doesn't have a podcast. Not... uh, but uh, Michael Huberty, uh-huh. lead singer of sure, Sunvolt, yeah, yeah. and 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 after after telling him about it this weekend, maybe he'll be a listener. So he just mm-hmm. got his own plug. But host of Madison Ghost Tours. Oh yeah, have you ever taken the ghost tour? I have not taken the ghost. The tour. ghost tours are fun. But Mike Hub, our old uh, old communication arts uh, cohort. Uh, Mike Huberty, and lead singer of yes. Sunvolt. Yes, by the way. Drummer that's, Wendy. That's uh, one, two plugs, I believe. We were uh, bowling. <laughs> are, we, are, we take, are we sharing the cut that he's giving us for this? <laughs> but I'm sorry, you were bowling. We were bowling, and we were talking about <laughs> hyper-local podcasts. Uh-huh. We're ahead of the curve on this. Mm-hmm. Everybody listening, you were listening to one of Madison's first hyper-local podcasts. They're a thing now. They are a thing. I mean, and hyper-local, what do we just mean? It's very specific to Madison. You can make a podcast and essentially put it online and it goes out to the world so anyone can listen to it. But what about the stuff that I'm really concerned about? Right. And I met with someone today who uh, who used a term uh, in our first phone conversation that told mm-hmm. me he was familiar with some of the larger national franchise podcasts. Sure. He used the term house hack. I've used it here before. Yep. The idea yep. of living in a house renting out the other side. The minute he said that, I knew he was a listener to the Bigger Pockets podcast. 
And I said, funny story, those numbers don't work in Madison, and as they don't, we're doing a podcast all our own. That's right. Um, and talking about things on South Park Street and things on East Wilson and and the overall effect of, of technology and jobs we're seeing here in yeah. Madison. I don't know. I mean, where what's your take on this? Is it okay to replace the Essen House to move forward for progress, to to create more space? I mean, the, the, the way we're going to build in Madison has got to be infill. We've used a lot of the space. There's not a lot to build out. Unless we want to till in some some additional cornfields, we're going to need to go a little taller, a little taller, yeah, and a little more, and a little tighter. Yeah, I'll get my uh, rototiller out. I don't know if that's going to help the situation or not. At some point, maybe we'll talk about accessory dwelling units. That's oh. a, a green way for infill. Um, Tell me, I, you got to explain what that is first. We're, we're getting we're getting really long here in our okay, news. I know accessory dwelling units. Are um, are putting a granny house or a tiny home or something a little oh, bit yeah. smaller in the backyard, uh, doubling the not quite doubling but increasing the the people per square foot of your of your particular city lot. Gotcha. Okay, good nugget there. All right. So that's what happened a little bit in the, in the headlines or things we might have read about in the paper. But what happened in real estate in the last month? Oh, that's right. The big and the little. Mm-hmm. Last couple of times, we looked at the little and we looked on the MLS in Madison specifically. I thought, hey, this is real estate in the 608. Uh, certainly, there must be something less expensive outside of Madison. Mm-hmm. So let's look at the cheapest uh, sale in the county. Of a home, are we saying here? At the or cheapest just... home. Okay. And I was surprised to find that the cheapest home has water views. Really? Yeah. Water views are like water shores. Uh, sh- views of the... Sh- views of we, the... Sh- <laughs> um, we, call, we call shores. We call that frontage. Yeah, okay. Thank you. <laughs> um, but we do... But this, this home has water views, deeded access... Oh, okay. But no frontage. All right. Uh, where are we talking? We are talking in Edgerton on Lake, Lake Koshkanong. Oh, yeah. Good old Lake Kosh. That's my old stomping ground, you know. Did you, did you yep. make it that far south with well, uh, your friends from La Follette? You're heading down to Edgerton? Part of my radio experience was at WFAW AM 940 in Jefferson and Walworth County, which is part of Lake Koshkanong. All right. Yeah. Well, Lake Koshkanong, uh, darling little... Okay, let's imagine that it's 1940. Okay, and uh, and and America is doing well. Uh huh. Post maybe a little bit after world, after yeah. you know post World War II housing boom, um, people are buying uh, are buying lake cottages. So this was a little kind of a planned development where you could buy one of many small lake cottages on a cul-de-sac, and mm-hmm. then you you with your neighbors shared access to the lake and a pier at the end or some kind of group. Mm-hmm. Group ownership, um, so a darling little it was, and it was rough. But I'll call it darling because it was small it was, yeah, okay. and and had some charming original uh, fixed finishes. <laughs> that's, that's one of the keywords, right? Charming. But it was a seven hundred and sixty-eight <laughs> square foot, okay, huh? two-bedroom cottage. How, how do you get two bedrooms in a seven hundred? That's not that hard. Not I've that got hard. some apartments that big. Sixty thousand dollars. Well, uh, well, I mean, okay, it's not Madison. So I think maybe things happen like that outside, like in some of the surrounding had, counties. Not only was it $60,000, but it had been for sale for months. Wow. So somebody, and, it, and, and somebody bought it with cash. We talked about, <laughs> yeah. um, uh, you know, all the different ways someone could, could write a check or, or buy a home with cash, uh-huh. home equity would be one example. 
Uh, but here, this is realistic. You could get a home equity loan yeah. on your house and with your $60,000 equity have bought a, a two-bedroom cottage on Lake Koshkanong. It is a nice lake. Uh, <laughs> if you've never been, by the way. But for sixty thousand. For sixty grand, that doesn't happen anymore, though. Right. I, I think that's like a relic of the past, right? No, this happened last month. Well, I mean, the, the house there, but like you're not going to see something new like that ever. Oh no! In yeah. fact, new on the water, on the other end of the spectrum, uh-huh. when we talk about the most expensive sale in Dane County in right. the last thirty or so days, two point oh two five million. Okay. This was an interesting one because it was in, it was unique in so many ways. Thirty five oh nine Blackhawk, Blackhawk Drive Black in Hawk. Shorewood. Okay. So we are on Lake Mendota. Yep. We are opposite the ex- most expensive sales from the previous episode, which mm-hmm. uh, several of them were on Farwell. Right. Yep. We're on the other side of the water here in Shorewood, five thousand square foot home, which was not w- would would not dwarf or would not be dwarfed by its. 0.59 acre. That's over a half an acre on the water. That's half an acre on the water. Who, Two, who 2015. Yeah. 2015. How original house on the on the uh, on the lake burns. Wow. Okay. Right. On this property, we're on talking this property, about? Oh. and they they it looks like they scraped it and started fresh. Oh, we're talking because ghosts this was, before. This yeah, ghosts and <laughs> ghosts and horrible fires. Um, but yeah, to the, so here's here's how you know you're on on the west side. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Lower level finished. Perfect for an au pair. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. I, you know, you, you didn't need perfect. to go much deeper to explain perfect like, what we're your, talking about. Perfect for your au pair needs. Um, 5,279 square feet. Um, one of the things, if anybody wants to look this up, it, it, it might be worth it for a chuckle. 3509 uh, Black Hawk Drive. Everything was gray. We talk about like anybody. Anybody in real estate today uh-huh. is going to know that gray is the new builder beige. Okay. We, I've joked, or someone called it agreeable gray. Oh. And <laughs> every single surface in this house was gray. Everything: the trim, the cabinets, the floor, the marble. Everything was gray. There was not a splash of color in all of its five thousand two hundred seventy-nine square feet. I thought it was too much. I thought it was over the top. I kind of needed a bowl of fruit on the, on the <laughs> island or something. It was just too gray. Wow. Um, but here's some other things to think, think about. Yeah. Um, as I was reading the listing, um, electric vehicle charger. Oh, yeah. We the, talked the to Pipson. Yeah, he said that's going to be five years from now. You have to have one. Right. So Pipson says you're going to need one in your house. Yeah. Um, I have been out on the street looking at houses that did not have off-street parking, uh-huh. wondering how will my buyers oh, someday yeah. charge their electric vehicle if they don't have off-street parking. And, and here, this, the, at this price point of $2 million, it's, it's included. So at three twenty-five on Dickinson, you don't get a driveway. $2 million in Shorewood, you're going to plug in right there in the drive. Well... I mean, Shorewood's got five thousand square feet inside. Maybe we can just park inside the house. There might in the old pair suite. <laughs> in the old pair suite. All right, so we've got a guest coming up. His name is Jesse Miller. He's a person I've known for quite some time. Jesse does everything. He does all the need, things, does right? Every, he does all the things you need to do to be a property owner and a landlord. He is far more hands-on than I am. Um, 
and is able to tackle just about any home ownership or uh, investment property ownership emergency. And he has learned uh, he, as he has done so for the last 20 plus years. Yeah, he's kind of it's, it's a parallel to anybody that actually owns a home because you do a lot of these things yourself, right? Jesse does a similar thing, but he has many properties that he owns and manages. Right. And unlike mm-hmm. Nina, we talked about uh, with Nina Libual and, mm-hmm. and Foundry Apartments, we talked about the efficiencies in owning multi-unit homes right. where there might be one boiler for eight units or, or one roof for 26 units in mm-hmm. one of their circumstances. Jesse is someone who has, uh, has accumulated through his mother's work and now his own uh, far more single-family homes, mm-hmm. and would have would would be doing so without those efficiencies. So we can talk to him a little bit about how that's different and how it works for him. You got questions? I got questions. All right, that is from the headlines. It's time for the top of the hour tip. No you are listening to Real Estate in the 608, Madison's real estate magazine for your ears. It's time for the top of the hour tip. Top of the hour tip is a service of Lauer Realty Group at 2229 Atwood Avenue and online at lauerrealtygroup.com. Lauer Realty Group, powerful results, real people. In with today's top of the hour tip is one of those real people, Hollandale's biggest fan, Rachel Whaley. Hello, I'm here to talk about this tough market and why you shouldn't settle on a house that you don't love. It's been quite competitive lately, and it's this spring market where listings that come out in this early, you know, February, March, April time of year are homes that often may not have the best resale or homes that wouldn't sell when up against more competition in the neighborhood. Say, houses with no yard, no driveway, quirky floor plans, houses that may not sell well when it comes to June and July when there's more inventory on the market. This is really where it's important to have a experienced good buyer's agent that can help direct you and give you advice on what you should and shouldn't buy. Competition is fierce and you don't really want to overpay for something that may not sell well in a few years. You really never know when you're going to sell. So if you buy now and you think you're going to live there for 10 years, you may have to sell in three years and you need to make sure that that house has good resale, something that other people will want to buy. So be careful this time of year. Make sure you make a good investment. So understanding that the home you're buying in a tight market could someday be the home you're going to sell in a down market. Correct. All right. Very correct. Thank you very much, Rachel, for the top of the hour tip. Welcome back to Real Estate in the 608, Madison's Real Estate Magazine for your ears. My name is Adam Elliott. To my right has been Anton. And uh, we've got somebody else in the studio here, right, man? To your left. To my left. It's Jesse Miller. Someone I have decided your title, Jesse. I hope that's okay. Uh, Jesse is a landlord, a real estate broker with Home Realty, son of my first real estate broker, Stephanie Miller, not the one who's on the radio, and man about town. So we know all that about him. We do. Welcome, Jesse, by the way. Thank you for it's, having it's me. It's nice to have you here. And it's a, it's a little bit of a reunion for us, I think. Yes. Uh, we're proud La Follette alumni graduates from back in the day now. Yes. Which doesn't seem all that long ago, but I suppose it is if you ask any of the kids these days. So we will add La Follette alumnus to his to his list of credentials. But then we ask before the game, we say, but is he fun? And it's how we find out is by playing a game we call the way it used to be. There used to be. There used to be. There used to be. There used to be. Used to be nothing but smiling faces far as the eye could see. Car in every driveway, swinging every tree. 
people can't stop talking about the way things used to be. It is a game, a get-to-know-you game, a quiz, if you will, of Madison history mm-hmm. specific to each guest. So no, your having listened to the program would not have been of any age. All right. This is kind of like a tease. Like, how well was history done at La Follette High School in the nineties? I think. I think the. I think the questions which I have written specifically for Jesse should be easy to answer, but will also tell us a little bit about him and give us some uh, some fodder for some additional questions. All right. So uh, we, uh, if people have not realized where where I live, I live in the Shanks Corners neighborhood, Mm -hmm. uh, adjacent. the Union Corners development, something that mm-hmm. that people in our neighborhood and in the near east side have been excited about uh, for, for some time, 20 years even, what it was first going to be, then afraid of what it could be, and now excited again about what it's becoming. Question number one, for years, the Union Corners development has been a shimmer of optimism on the near east side. What real estate company operated an office in the outlot of the former Kohl's grocery store adjacent the original Ford's gym? It was Home Realty. Home it Realty. Started wow. out as, well done. It started out as Realty World. And then change to just home realty. Oh, he's just throwing out extra points right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was, and again, that was, and I, how long, do you remember how long it, uh, it was that your mother operated out of that space? Because uh, I don't ever remember it in use, but I remember the sign. We started it in the uh, mid to late 80s is when we moved there. We were originally over on where the original Princeton Club was. Those that have been here a long time, there was a Mexican restaurant called Sergio's. <laughs> and Hobby Lobby, those were all over in that nice little strip. Now I think it's Jimmy John's and the uh, military recruiters. Oh, sure. Okay. Uh, the Rockies Pizza Place as well. Which is I also now closed. closed. Yeah. 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 Where did now famous real estate in the 608 co-host Ben Anton live from 1998 through 2002? I'm going to have to guess that was our property at 2118 <laughs> Rusk Street. 2118 Rusk Street. I feel like there was an insider tip. One of my favorite <laughs> buildings, I've got to admit. That's one of my favorite buildings. It's one that he told me he will never sell. Correct. Mm-hmm. And uh, until I owned uh, 407 Livingston, South Livingston, for seven years, I didn't know why someone would never sell a building. Right. And st- I, mean, I think I have those same feelings what, for that property. Yeah. What made it so rich? What do you like about it? Uh, I love that it was across, just the location, one. Two was across the street from the park, and three was just the finishes throughout the whole building were pretty nice. It's just got a nice touch to yep. it. All right. So that is a, that's two for two. Two for I think two. You, two for uh, two. You are on a uh, stellar record here. I don't know if we've had this type of... It's because I went to La Follette. These numbers have been put up on the board. Not yet. Uh, on, on, the, uh, on the topic of going to La Follette, for the first time in the re- real estate in the 608 history, Adam Elliott will administer the third and final question for this week's oh, quiz. Oh, good. This is unique. All right, Jesse. Your yeah. third question is... Have you ever figured out why the pit was where it was? Uh, the pit be- was an area between Senate Middle School and La Follette High School. <laughs> and the pit is where, back then, we could say whatever we wanted. We said, we always call them the dirt bags. <laughs> so the dirt bags would go in between the two buildings and smoke in between classes. Right. And it allowed some of the really shady, like, eighth graders to sneak out there. And I think that's why it was... The area that it was. There was the pit. I think originally it was supposed to be something for uh, just more of like a common area to hang out, but mm-hmm. people really didn't go there to hang out. No. They went there to smoke. Yeah. I think- and think- not, not always cigarettes. <laughs> I'm thinking if I'm in high school and I want to do something illegal, 
I'm going to step away from the middle school. That's right. Right. You would, it, you would, you would think you weren't walking towards the middle school, but I'm not going to, I mean, aren't there even rules about 500 feet in that nonsense? You would, it's like, you would think there you were. get the furthest away from the I, miners. I think their corner there was actually even, it's connected. Mm -hmm. I think yeah. it's connected up above, but yeah. yes. Should I give a, should I we think, ring the bell for I that? I think that's good points right there. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, I believe now it's all kind of like cordoned off, but I believe it was an open space and it was meant to be like a gathering. It's kind of like an open kind of like Shakespearean theater type thing where there's steps down into what we, you know, fantastically called the pit. The pit. Just Maybe like you a, were in the pits if you're hanging that's out there. Right. Maybe that had a little to do with it too. Do I see a bonus question, Adam? Now, Jesse, this, this is a little subjective, but okay. there is a right answer here. Do you believe that it was a crime that Jason Brown and Britta Spieldy were not chosen king and queen of the 1991 junior prom. I was also on the court. So <laughs> my correct answer would be I was very upset that I wasn't chosen uh, the king and Andrea Thousand chosen the mm -hmm. queen. Uh, but uh, Jason Brown, I still keep in contact with him. Britta Spieldy was great. I do believe that that was a little uh, mishandled at yeah, some point. Yeah, that's correct. And, and we also add points for, yes, you should have been <laughs> king there. That is correct. Uh, you well didn't done. seen the prom king type to me, Jesse. I, I'm learning so much. And being reminded of the correct branch of the military you served in, it's like it's like I'm getting a history lesson in Jesse Miller. A new Miller. history lesson, that's right. The way in it the used to be yeah. takes us back to, to in the beginning. Just a In the beginning, it's going to give us a little understanding of Jesse Miller and as it, as he relates to real estate. I'd like to end up a, to talk a little bit about your first house, but but to, to get, give everybody at home the idea, um, you were my landlord, and uh, and that was again as the, as the question suggested from 1998 to 2002, um, and you were uh, Adam's Adam's classmate as as we just learned from well before that. Mm -hmm. I believe you were a good student, as I recall too. You did uh, all right. Well, no, I, I, I was nice to the teachers. Yeah. Though. Okay. I think I maybe graduated with a little under a 3.0 grade point oh, average, that's... but back in the day, those were, that was, you know, about average. Did average now, change? The average did change. Average now average do. is oh, like, yeah. if you don't have a 3.8 or better, you're like, you're not getting into any college. Right. Your life is going to end. <laughs> it is tough. <laughs> Yeah, or God, There's inflated. God forbid you'll end up being a landlord. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> this is what this is what it gets you. Stunning um, kids. Tell us. So, in between nineteen, what what year? In which in what year did you buy your first home? So, the first year I bought a house was in 1994. I was wow. actually okay. I was in the Navy, and um, I had saved up a bunch of money, and because I was in the Navy, I didn't need to spend my money. I've always been a saver. I put a bunch of money aside and I came home for leave one year, told my mother, uh, you know what? I'm going to buy a new car. I need this car. I really want a new car. And she looks at me and says, you're stupid. You're not buying a car. And I'm like, what are you talking about? She's like, come with me. So at the time she had a real estate uh, company on uh, the corner of East Wash and uh, Milwaukee street. And one of her agents um, was selling a duplex. And the reason he was selling his duplex was because his grandson lived in it and he couldn't get his grandson to pay rent and he was losing money because his grandson stopped paying rent after the first month. So he had been scratching his head trying to figure out a way to get rid of this house and had mentioned to my mother who was his broker at the time. Um, his name was Dick McGinley, he used to own McGinley Motors, really nice oh, gentleman. Sure. Mm -hmm. um, so Dick McGinley tells me, uh, 
I'll sell you that house. And I'm like, no, no, I'm buying a car. So then like <laughs> 30 minutes later, I am in this duplex that his grandson is living in. He, of course, he owns it and doesn't have to call his grandson who's not paying rent. So we're walking in the door and his grandson's there. And uh, I inherited his grandson as a problem. Oh, no. But uh, got the house on a land contract, really cheap. And so I bought my first house when I was 19 years old. So then I go back to the military and all my friends, you know, I'd been talking about all these different cars that I was considering buying. <laughs> and they're all like, hey, uh, what, car what kind of you? car did you get? Where's your car? Where's your car? And they're like running in my like barracks store. And I'm like, this is going to sound really messed up, guys, but I bought a duplex. <laughs> and they're like, man, we can't go anywhere in your duplex. <laughs> so uh, at the time, I, you know, scratched my head and I was like, I can't believe I got talked into this. My mother used some of her commission as an agent or a broker. Uh, I used my down payment, and it became our um, our house. And I, I have a recollection that this Actually, house is on the in the Bayview neighborhood, or is that a, it is in the Kennedy neighborhood? Kennedy. Okay. Kennedy. What, yep. What's it's on the, Walker? What's... Walker Drive. So it's right off from Milwaukee Street on Walker Drive. Mm-hmm. Now, now that you say that, actually, I got to rewind. When I was seventeen. My mother, my brother, and I bought a house um, together, and I used some of the proceeds from that sweat equity to help also buy this other house that I had. So technically, I bought a house when I was 16 or 17 and fixed it up, and that was on Lakeside Street. Guest number four. Yep. Yeah. And without planning, the fourth guest, whose first home was a, a duplex or a twoplex. Yep, we have a pattern here. So every guest we've had pretty much so far started off with like an investment type property where they bought their space plus something else to start building that equity. And that's, that's great. That's I usually I usually tell people that's the way to start. I, I often get these millennials that don't want to work that ask me how to get into real estate. I actually had one guy that uh, worked for me for about three weeks and asked if he could give me a couple hundred bucks and be a part owner of my company. <laughs> so uh, I always tell people buy a duplex, live in half of it do it for a couple of years and then buy your next one and move out. No, I, I had that same conversation with someone today. I'd mentioned a, a, a millennial uh, used the term house hack uh, frequent to uh, some other real estate podcasts. And uh, I explained to him that it is not going to allow him to live rent free. Right. It is mm-hmm. not going mm-hmm. to, uh, to significantly subsidize his, his housing. Uh, but it might allow him, as it did me and likely you, to live in a neighborhood they could not otherwise afford uh, and to make the moves to house number two that much faster. Mm-hmm. Uh, my name is Adam Elliott. Uh, this is Ben Anton. Our in-studio guest is Jesse Miller. Jesse, tell me a little bit about the breath. So that's where you started. Uh, duplex. Actually, there was the place when you were 16 years old. I, how come I didn't know about this place? Yeah. <laughs> no. yeah. But you started... Because we would have gone there and partied <laughs> It's exactly there, it what would have happened. It would not be around any longer. <laughs> <laughs> so you started at that space. You have grown your mm-hmm. business and company into something much larger right now. You, I'm not asking you to brag about what it is, but like, what's the size of, of what you're running now? Uh, we own uh, between 30 and 40 properties in Madison, mm-hmm. and I run them daily. I take care of them. That's my main job. Mm-hmm. That's what I spend most of my time on. I was fortunate that our family was in that business, and my mother was a real estate broker, and it started off where we each had a couple of properties. She ended up uh, remarrying 
when I was also in the military, and her spouse had, I think, five properties at that time, and she had three. So those eight turned into 30 quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the, a Brady Bunch of real estate. It well, sounds like. it, well, it's <laughs> it just, they were, they were both yeah. really hard working, mm-hmm. and it's uh, one of the things that's hard in this occupation is you do work weekends, and if you don't have somebody that's with you that's willing to sure. either pick up the slack when you all of a sudden have to leave when there's only five minutes notice or when something goes wrong and you really have to have this done so that you can make like grease the wheel so that everything mm-hmm. works for the sale or for a rental or something like that. If you don't have somebody that's willing to do that, you're going to be divorced really fast. Or it'll take 13 years. <laughs> Jesse also yeah. married a school teacher. Is that right? Yes. yes. I, don't, I, don't, I, I think I have met your wife at some occasion or another. That's oh, my God. I shot way too. Oh, my gosh. You're an yes. ambitious I'm married guy, up. Yeah. I've, always, I've always tried to be, yeah. We haven't seen him in his Navy uniform. That's, how we <laughs> That's what got her. It's getting about time to, for the market update. Yep, let's take a break. In with today's market update, Rachel Whaley. This spring market has been a little bit crazy, to say the least. Listings are coming on early in the week with no showings till Friday. Then they're having an open house on Sunday presenting offers either Sunday night or Monday, which leaves you not a lot of time to think about that house. I've been seeing houses sell for way more than they should, and some listings are receiving anywhere from 8 to 18 offers. Hi, for example, just listed a little affordable house on the Near East Side, and it had nine offers, which leaves eight buyers still looking for that house. You really need to know what you want. You need to be smart about what you buy and make a really good investment. This is where an experienced buyer's agent is important now more than ever. And welcome back to Real Estate in the 608 Madison's Real Estate Magazine for your ears. You can find us online at inthe608.com. Uh, he is Ben Anton. My name is Adam Elliott. Our in-studio guest today is Jesse Miller. Jesse uh, is with Broker Home Realty, also a landlord at Miller Stellhorn Investments. Uh, Jesse, thanks for being here today. It's great to talk to you again. Thank you for having me. Well, you know, he mentioned he mentioned stepdad, Jim, mm-hmm. and uh, and and we, we just said Miller Stellhorn. Jim is Jim Stellhorn. Working as part of their team for a few years, uh, it was interesting. Uh, we talked, or he mentioned Jim coming to the r- relationship mm-hmm. with a number of properties, and then and then Stephanie having her own stable started. Jim, correct me if I'm wrong, was a little bit more of a student rental uh, landlord, or seemed to me to have. Are you telling me he didn't take good care of his properties? I'm thinking because about... I'm going to agree with you when you say that. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of things I learned from him, and some of them I learned just like don't do them this way yeah. and change mm-hmm. change things. And I just after like hitting my head against a wall a million times doing the same thing, I have always uh, I guess I've been fortunate enough where when I walked into this company it was running smoothly. Um, I get to put nicer finishes on and do better things so that they hopefully get more money and look better and last Oh, longer. see, that's interesting right there. So let's talk about philosophy a little bit of yep. how you approach things. There is the the idea of a student uh, landlord who is probably going to do minimal work, right? So tell me about your philosophy. When you put more into it, do you get more out of it? Yes, Is that, is that what absolutely. I'm kind of hearing here? Uh, one, of my, one of my other favorite properties, and it's only because of how much rent it pulls in, um, is our property at 16 South Orchard. 
And that place, when I went into it and my stepfather started to retire, um, it had carpeting many places. It just, uh, lots of different colors of white everywhere. Um, just things weren't, it was a good building. It just wasn't, uh, it wasn't as nice as it could be. Mm -hmm. So uh, I started by putting new windows in. And then I went to a uh, new roof and insulation and siding and decks and then removed all the carpeting. And it's to the point now where I have uh, uh, all the hardwood floors are refinished and they're in really good shape. I have granite countertops. I have dishwashers and gas stoves. And I do firmly believe that um, that is going to bring uh, somebody that's going to take better care of your property too. If you give mm -hmm. them, everybody's seen the movie Animal House. And that's, you know, this is the typical giant house that I'm afraid they're going to throw a bunch of water in the hallway and run down the stairs, you know, something right. something from that movie. Mm -hmm. So um, um, I, I do believe that having a nicer finish, a lot of them have their parents that come and help them move in. And I'll always get a mom or a dad that's helping move in. And they turn to me and say, wow, this is the nicest place my kid has ever lived in. And I immediately turn to them and say, whose dad are you? And I write it down on my little form that I have <laughs> so that I can remind them when they leave in one or two years that, because that's what usually, uh, the mm -hmm. campus rentals is usually about two years. Um, I usually like to remind them, like, you told me this was in such great shape and in such good shape. Now, here are the pictures. You're the co-signer. Here are all the pictures of what your children have done to my house. So um, I just like to keep that <laughs> wait, up there. Wait, is this, is this like to show them like they did throw a kegger in there? And well, not to show or? that they threw a kegger, yeah. but if, if all of a sudden they come to me and say, oh, well, this place wasn't that nice. Gotcha. Okay. Oh, this place wasn't this. <laughs> all these walls were beat up when my kid moved in. I just kindly go back to, oh, would you talk to Mr. Johnson? Mr. Johnson's Kevin's dad. And Kevin's dad said this was the nicest house his kids ever lived in. <laughs> On uh, August 15th, you guys at, at, at 7.14 a.m. <laughs> That's a little sneaky. But it, 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 uh, it makes me think of... Uh, former New York mayor, Rudolph Giuliani, <laughs> and uh, something called the broken window theory. I think it was in the tipping point, Malcolm Gladwell uh, referenced it there. Um, but people will react differently based on their environment. And it, it, was, it was Giuliani's... Uh, idea that if they solved all the small problems like broken windows mm -hmm. and uh, and cleaned up the environment that people would act differently in it and I think that on a much broader it's, it's a different it's a different feeling but Jesse's putting in granite countertops and updating finishes and making things nicer uh, to attract uh, not only to get a, a higher rent but then attract a tenant that will treat that space more like their own with more pride of ownership mm -hmm. uh, or some kind of uh, a little bit more investment in their space. Mm -hmm. That makes me wonder about the why behind this. And obviously rent is one of the issues, but what do you personally get out of like doing that type of work? Do you, do you enjoy that? Is that? I really enjoy that. Yeah. Actually, I really enjoy mixing like the granite countertops with an older building. I, make, I enjoy uh, making my spaces nice. 
And I always joke and tell my tenants that there may be a some, some point where my wife kicks me out and I may have to live in one of these houses. <laughs> and I may have to live in that house and enjoy it. So I want it to be nice when I get to move in. They don't realize you've got a choice of yeah. Yeah, 30 right, different right, places. Right. Well, or, but, I, but I do have that belief that... Um, and, and I always, for some reason, I always think of Animal House in the movie and how bad people take care of, took care of that house. And um, by giving them a better house, by not having the broken window, as you said, Giuliani said, um, you do get better tenants, even when they're looking. Like if you have a tenant that goes through and your house looks pretty bad, your good tenant, that your good possible tenant is, is leaving because they don't like the way it looks there. So if they come in and see that, it's got nice finishes and you take good care of it. You have a lot, uh, essentially I have the pick of many people that look at my properties. Mm -hmm. And now, okay, so, so thinking about those that, that Jim brought to the relationship, perhaps more multi-unit, yes. um, especially when you're dealing with student housing. Uh, but then I'm thinking about about your mom and uh, and she was, far, she was a single family fan. She was a huge single family fan and that's really what, we lived in the LVM neighborhood between Buckeye Road and Cottage Grove Road. Mm -hmm. And all my friends lived there. Her friends lived around there. Um, also, we, for some time, spent a lot of time in the Kennedy neighborhood. So um, and ha she had a lot of friends there, as did I. All the Follett kids, basically. But I had been in and out a, a lot of those houses. And I knew they were just good, solid three-bedroom ranch houses that have a two-car garage, and everybody loves those. Everybody likes the ease of them. And um, so we, to this point, we own approximately 15 properties in those two neighborhoods. And it's because we know the area well. We've been in a lot mm -hmm. of those houses. We knew that the craftsmanship was, was decent when they were built. Those single-family homes, how much longer do you see your average tenant stay there? I'm usually getting people at least five years. And that's what's great. It's, um, a lot of times uh, people I'm getting are either done with their life living in a two or three flat and want something a little more stable and kind of want their own. It's, it's almost like it's their next step to buying their own home. And I would imagine that you as a broker, and, and I try to, but you as a broker often end up working with some of your tenants and helping them find their first home. Yes. Usually what I do with my tenants is I tell them that. Uh, if they find a house, I'll let them out of their lease whatever day they want. If they want to be out um, in the middle of the month on a Wednesday, I'll let them out, and they won't have to pay a day after the middle of the month on Wednesday. Just for the record, I think your mother made me pay till the end of the month, maybe even the next. My mother and I do do business a little differently. <laughs> I mean, I, again, we, we all have our strengths. I've mentioned his mother quite a, a number of times. This has he, she passed away how long ago now? She passed away in December of 2014, so almost five years. It's been five years. Um, I I think of her. I'm sure. I mean, I think of her a couple times a week. Yeah. Literally, um, she was such an influence in in everything that I do, and I can't imagine how much more you were able to learn uh, based on proximity alone. Um, I was at an inspection on Friday. Uh, a recent one of the accepted offers that I that I, mm -hmm. I said was making a good month so far, and uh, 24, 24.30 about backing up on Eakin Park, the okay. the, the, the kickball fields there, yep. um, and as I stood on the sidewalk, I said, I said I know that I know the fellow that owns that brick house down there. Um, I remember when he and his mother bought it, and uh, and and my buyer said. 
oh, no, that doesn't belong to a guy. That's Stephanie's house. Mm -hmm. And she knew it was Stephanie's house because there is a neighbor there who is still bitter that Stephanie bought that house <laughs> instead of her. Instead of, her. <laughs> instead, of, instead of instead of I think his name was Jim, but a neighbor named Jim or Joe who who is still bitter that he was unable to buy that house. What that that was sixteen years ago. I it think it was a great because, house. Yeah, that because, was a great uh, house. I was just shopping. My 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 ex my now ex wife Sandy and I had just started shopping, and. Uh, and Stephanie invited us over to that house that was still full of personal belongings, I think. They had just acquired it. Did the previous owner pass? Previous owner had passed. He was actually the original builder. He was a brick mason, which is why that house is so beautifully done in brick. And it's got some two beautiful brick fireplaces inside. And we even got uh, Mr. Wyden, um, we even got his Toyota pickup. I remember the, the, little, the little blue pickup. The little blue. That probably made Joe even that much more angry. <laughs> but... Uh, but still to this day, he was he was waving his angry fist and saying how, how <laughs> Stephanie had bought that house when he felt entitled. Oh, yeah. And uh, it, it, it took me back in so many ways. I think that, I, I don't remember for certain, but I think that was a home that she'd offered to, to me and Sandy at the time. And, uh, and, that's, and it, was, it was her work and her, you know, we talk about relationship being important. Um, this will seem a non sequitur. But again, I was talking to a, a young guy who wants to be an investor today. And he talked about his FHA loan and putting three and a half percent down on a multi-unit. And I said, it is going to be difficult for you to compete against people with larger down payments or potentially even cash buyers. If you are coming to the table with an FHA loan, trying to buy a house that could very well, and FHA can't have chipping or lead, lead can't have chipping or uh, or damaged paint uh, mm -hmm. because of lead paint. Ste Stephanie, your mother, somehow, uh, likely the importance of a relationship, uh, got me my first two unit with an FHA loan, and uh, working with Wilma Newt Paul. Oh, well, and those two, I if you can imagine, like the stereotypical 1980s realtor with a bag phone, I can just imagine <laughs> Stephanie calling up Wilma and. <laughs> And uh, and finding some story to tell about why I was the deserving buyer, and I and I, I lit literally set me on the path that I am today. Hi. A bag phone? Well, you don't know. I uh, <laughs> my kids. Uh, when my mother passed away, I went through a bunch of her belongings. I found her original brick. Uh, phone by U.S. Cellular that's probably <laughs> 12 inches tall and it is literally like a brick. And well, sure, Don Johnson I, had one of I those in Miami it, Vice. I have it in my car. <laughs> Does it still work? Can no, you use it? I, I'm sure you probably could, but my kids love to play with it. And they're like, oh my God, it's like we're working out. <laughs> well, it's like watching an old episode of Saved by the Bell. Yes. Yeah, right. oh, yeah. Zach, yeah. Zach Morris is going to dial someone up. But uh, it's, it's amazing the influence she's had not only on my life, but the, obviously on Joe there on Horde. Yes. Uh, yeah. Still still watching over him in many ways. Well, I think, uh, I think that really uh, describes my mom a lot. Um, she oftentimes would have that bitter relationship because she was there first. She was always working, uh, not necessarily an angle, but she was always working trying to help people out. So it wouldn't surprise me if she offered a house that she loved, like Horde Street to you, that um, I've seen her do that to other people. We have a gentleman that's been renting for, from us for uh, 16 years. And 
she offered him the house day one he walked in there and she goes, you should buy this. Don't rent from me. You should buy this. And every time I see him now, uh, I'd say since the past, since about year 12, every time I see him, he goes, I should have bought this house. Your mom told me to buy this house. I should have bought this house. And I'm like, you're right, because you're paying rent. You would have had your mm-hmm. mortgage pretty much paid off by now. And um, she's she's always kind of been like that, where she she always extends herself. She always tries to help somebody. Um, but then along the way, you do make enemies because you buy a house that... For all I know, Joe never told anyone else. Yep. He just yep. he just thought it in his mind, but he thought it should be his house. So now, damn Stephanie Miller. Oh, I'm sure there's no there's no ill will there. Just a good friendly shucks. I shoulda. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Thank you for sharing some of those memories, Jesse. Yeah. That's that's great stuff. Uh, you're listening to Real Estate in the 608 Madison's Real Estate Magazine for your ears. My name is Adam Elliott, and Ben Anaton is to my right. Uh, let's take a break for Phil's phone. Hey Ben, it's Phil with a view from beyond the 608. You know, as investors, whether we're talking about stocks, real estate, the price of gold, it's easy to focus on rewards without giving too much thought to the risks. But the two are inevitably linked together. I was thinking about this recently when looking at some home price data from across the United States, focusing ironically enough on Las Vegas. Las Vegas home prices in 2018 gained 13% versus 2017. It was one of the better performing markets in the U.S. and makes Dane County's 6% gain look small by comparison. But that 13% gain tells only a fraction of the overall story about Las Vegas real estate. Consider this. Home prices in 2018 were still 20% below the peak in 2006. So here's the journey that Vegas prices have been on. They doubled from 2002 to 2006. They fell 60% into the lows of 2012 and they're up 93% since then. Pricing in Dane County has been much less volatile. We've seen no double-digit moves in either direction since 2007, and we're up 28% since then. So sure, you could have made a lot of money in Las Vegas real estate if your timing was good, but you could have lost a ton as well. Madison, not nearly as much excitement, but not nearly as much risk. I'll take the latter, but it's up to you how you want to play the game. Until the next time, this is Phil with the view from beyond the 608. Now's the time when everything could start going downhill. You're listening to Real Estate in the 608, Madison's Real Estate Magazine for your ears. You can find us on Facebook at In the 608, also on Instagram, if that's your thing. Real Estate in the 608. My name is Adam Elliott. Ben Anton is just to my right. Our in studio guest is Jesse Miller. Uh, of Home Realty, also a landlord at Miller Stellhorn Investments. Jesse, thanks again for being here. It's it's good to talk to you. We talked a little earlier about big developments that are happening in Madison. One of them is the Essen House that may be going away, actually. Yeah, a little, uh, an opportunity for infill, certainly, mm-hmm. in, in my opinion. Okay, the Essen House is what we might call an institution Correct. for Madison. Yep. Uh, it's been here a long time. Many people have had their beer there. Yes. Um, and that is a good thing. Maybe you've done a polka dance uh, polka out and on a the boot. floor in a boot. That's right. Is it okay in the course of Madison's history that some things do need to go away in order for the city to continue to grow? Yes, I absolutely believe that. The Essen House, uh, although it is a staple in most college kids' 
Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe not weekly, but you, at least yearly you go there. I went to UW. We, we, we happen to <laughs> daily go right? over there. No, not daily. Not daily. <laughs> but uh, I do think that uh, bigger projects do have to come into play, and we have to uh, either find a new void, fill that somewhere else. We can either move that somewhere or mm-hmm. try to incorporate that in with uh, the new building. Yeah, yeah. the Eston the House is, it can exist without its current shell. That uh, the mm-hmm. space that it's in, the, the buildings that they're in. I, I'd worked next door at the comic strip, um, the building that burned along with OK's Corral. Uh, but those buildings, in my have have been poised for redevelopment as, mm-hmm. as long as, as, as 20 years ago. I think the Bob Worm, if I recall, is the name of the fellow who owns those and who owns much of that block, who played a role in the development of the uh, townhouse condos on South Franklin there. I believe mm-hmm. they're called Germania. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, having been into the, into the bowels of a few of those buildings, there, there's nothing there aside from the Ruby Marie of any historical import or, in my opinion, necessarily worth worth saving. Even looking at the facade of the mm-hmm. Essen House in the recent news uh, newspaper articles, is I've it's, never been to Bavaria, little... but I don't think that's what it looks like. Don't you think the Essens came over from Bavaria one day and said, this is where we plant the Essen House, and that's... Landing on the shores yeah. of Lake Mendota <laughs> no, I mean, after right. years of Atlantic journey. <laughs> but don't you think we could incorporate that into a new building, too? Like, if we had right. something... It's something as easy as, or just for a bar sake example, like Lucky's. Lucky's moved from mm-hmm. uh, Regent Street down a few doors and has this great state-of-the-art building that is serving people very well, mm-hmm. a lot more people, and as a whole, in a lot better shape than the original Lucky's, which is now, I believe, mm-hmm. still the Scani Bar. Oh, but yeah, right. So, yeah, I mean, that's like, is there a term for this in Madison or in just real estate in general? So we have like a business that is located in one location, probably not going to go up or down, but it's kind of like it's flat. It's got a flat parking lot. It's taking up a lot of space just to do the business that it's doing. Whereas what we see in Madison is we grow upwards a lot and we put residential on top of commercial and we do parking that is higher and higher. And that is like... I or mean, lower and lower. Or well, surface, get under yeah. surface, right, yeah. uh, a surface parking lot, many many might call that blight. That yeah, is yeah. that is about the, the poorest use of, of a downtown or urban space. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and let's not imagine that that entire parking lot is for the purpose of the of the uh, Essen House. That parking lot is sold to government employees oh, and sure. rented in spaces <laughs> and and uh, and likely a limited use from actual bar patrons. Um but uh, again, making that parcel poised for or perfect for development, uh, that it's horribly, the idea that a crumbling, uh, it's almost, I keep wanting to think about like a, a the, the Essen House is almost a, a fa- literally a facade um, and, yeah. and, and a play acting um, that could happen anywhere. Mm-hmm. You, could, you could build a, a, a far more affordable and sustainable building and put that inside of it and people who needed to drink beer from a boot or hang their stein on the ceiling would be glad to do that wherever wherever those things were available to them. Mm-hmm. Can we get a stage for a polka band too in the new place? Do you think that's the way, do you think that's the essentially the business plan of that owner? That owner says, you know what, I'm not going to do a lot to this. I'm going to just let it sit and sit and sit. And it's going to get to that point where somebody's going to say, you know, that needs to be redeveloped. I need to buy that for a prime dollar 
and that's oh, that person's yeah. way out. That person's, I would think that's exactly what they've been doing. You're not gonna. You're you not haven't gonna... seen any new improvements to a bar that's bringing in <laughs> as much money as the Essen House brings in. Right. Um, you haven't seen any improvements whatsoever. It's pretty much the same as I've seen it for the last twenty. Maybe years. new popcorn popper every couple of years, but other than that, I haven't seen anything change. Used to there. love those hot pretzels, hot pretzels, <laughs> hot pretzels and mustard. I just like that you could walk from one bar to the other. Uh huh. Thanks for listening. Thanks for coming, Jesse. Yeah. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. This was fun. Sometimes I'm sure. Oh, sometimes my head's not right. You're listening to Real Estate in the 608 Madison's Real Estate Magazine for your ears. My name is Adam Elliott, and he is Ben Anton. Ben, what was that? That was episode four. Four. Number four. Quattro. I have heard from people, not just my father, that uh, that each of our episodes <laughs> has been better than the one before. Well, that, that is kind of like a, a progress trend that we're seeing there moving so forward, right? after four, I'm mm-hmm. hoping we didn't quite cap out yet but uh it's it's been it's been a lot of fun and it's been a little bit easier each time we sit to really drill deeper with some folks who know a lot about real estate speaking that we're on four right now that means we've had the chance to collect some feedback from folks we have and it was interesting after episode three was the first time that i'd heard some real and legitimate feedback uh not just uh positive praise but some comments about what people might want to see you know People who had enjoyed the fact we'd had a plumber. We'd had now two um, former brokers or brokers mm-hmm. and, and property owners, people, property who, owners yep. people who own and manage dozens of units mm-hmm. who have their home ownership experience amplified by the number of units they own. Yep. But then also some experts like Steve Pipson from Focus on Energy. There was a lot of great information in there, including, uh, for those of you who aren't listening in order, go back to episode three. There's going to be some opportunities, even for some free stuff from uh, from <laughs> Focus on Energy and, and their incentive programs. And that is just kind of like the gist of what we hope to bring. Um, you know, information for the homeowner, information for the the person who is concerned about property investments or, you know, information for the person who is, you know, that larger property investor. Sure. I received an email, not necessarily an email sent to expert at in the 608.com, but uh, feel free to, to reach out there to try to influence some of our future programming. Um, Allison, two L Allison, we will call her. Uh, there's there was two friends to Allison, uh-huh. one L Allison, two L Allison. They nice. both live on the west Very side. Nice. Yep. Uh, two L Allison recently had a baby, and they are still considering a kitchen remodel in the home that I sold them. Mm-hmm. Uh, our next episode will feature a former or a, a, someone I, I sold a house two, three, four years ago, uh, who is not a kitchen remodeling expert but who expertly oversaw their own kitchen remodel. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dorotea Alexieva mm-hmm. uh, will be joining us uh, to talk about her process. I'm curious to hear about her experience because of the remodels that you may do in your house, kitchen or bathroom, those are the ones that are going to impact you the most. I mean, not just for like the return that you might get, but like living through a kitchen remodel. Living. And that's something that you've done. I, I, I know uh, having been to your house and, and seeing all the changes that have happened since you moved in. So we have got Dorotea on the hook for episode five to talk about kitchen remodels. And uh, to L. Allison, 
reached out to me today as we near April uh, and the point of the year that we all get our assessment postcards. Oh, right. yeah. uh, she reached out to me with some assessment questions, mm -hmm. and uh, I'm not sure who we would bring in as an expert on that. Uh, perhaps a, a contest with some of our property-owning friends as to who pays the most taxes uh, might <laughs> might be the good way to get an expert. But is that a winner or a loser contest there? <laughs> but per, exactly. Uh, but questions like that, we welcome them. Uh, expert at inthe608.com. We should absolutely thank Jesse Miller from Home Realty who came in today and led us through many different ideas and concepts of you know being that person that is the the central fixer person for many properties. I think a lot sure, of- Sure, talking about having bought his first home as a teen, uh, <laughs> that his mother, Stephanie, again, probably my biggest influence in real estate. Geez, I feel, I, am I a good parent now? I'm asking myself <laughs> because my daughter turned 16 and I have yet to influence uh, any of her real estate better choices. better get her started on her first house. I, I, you want to keep up with Jesse? <laughs> exactly, but uh, but always it was just it was great to sit with him and reminisce about some of the things I, I learned from Stephanie, and then even to witness the influence that she still has, uh, or that, that that she's still uh, fresh in so many people's minds. Yeah. That, that that person on Horde Street who who, <laughs> who missed out on that sale those sixteen years ago. Um, <laughs> Um, we should remind folks about the newsletter that you can find as well. The newsletter. You can, uh, you, you know, we sit here, we listen to people smarter than us, and then every once in a while I'll share some of that wisdom on the 22nd of each month in BenAnton.com's 22nd, 22nd read, the newsletter arriving on the 22nd and written into written in easy-to-digest segments, taking no longer than 20 seconds to read. You will also find recaps of this podcast, links to everything that's recent, uh, as well as a from-the-hip market update, again, delivered on the 22nd. You may visit benanton.com or Real Estate in the 608 on Facebook. Click sign up, and you could be the 649th Wait, what's that? Wow. Four, I, no, I'm jumbled. Dyslexic. 469. 469. 469. Okay. Look at you gaming the numbers there. <laughs> anyway, join us. Send a friend. They could be 470. Yeah, you have been listening to Real Estate in the 608, Madison's real estate magazine for your ears. I would like to thank everybody who tuned in today for joining us on this journey today. Uh, it is much appreciated. We do appreciate that you are tuning in here. And uh, we should also thank some of the folks uh, that you've been listening to, uh, the musicians and bands that have uh, been, been playing throughout real estate in the 608. Bob Westfall mm -hmm. gets a special shout out this month because uh, I will soon be renting an apartment that he put, installed one of the replacement windows. Oh, he visited. Uh, for those of you who follow uh, Real Estate in 608 on Facebook or Instagram, you may have seen uh, a recent remodel on Bashford. I am calling it Madison's smallest apartment. Um, I held a window clinic there, uh, oh. offering an opportunity for people to learn how to put in uh, pocket replacement windows. And Bob Westfall joined. And, uh, and that apartment will soon be for rent. So you keep an eye on that same newsletter that we just mm. talked about. Would be a place to uh, to see when that apartment is available and, and how nice it looks. Okay. How are the doctors in your clinic? The window doctor. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. That was a yeah, little bit for me. That's right. right. South, are we back on South Park Street? <laughs> um, no. You're, just, you're too clever. Yeah. Sorry. Let's, let's thank the other musicians. Renclaw, Seesaw, and the Mad City Jug Band who have also joined us uh, for the ride today. Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, ben, where can I see you around, out and around town? I'll see you at the chocolate shop on Atwood, open for about a week now. <gasps> Is that right? That's right. How many flavors? 
many flavors they got going right now. I'm going to go less than 31. Less than 31. All right. But I will see you uh, not far from where you are because I'm back on the bike path. Once it warms up a little bit here, I'm back on my bicycle commuting Ooh, in the day. So. <sighs> that is good stuff. I love my basket at home. So sorry, Toto. You've been listening to Real Estate and the 608 Madison's Real Estate Magazine for years. Ben, thanks again. Thank you, Adam. Come on, baby, won't you hold me tighter than your fist curled up in a schoolyard fight? I'll be a backup when you're calling my name. And come on, baby, won't you keep me safer than that high score on that pinball game? You're always playing at your favorite arcade. Could be taking the eight, and we could be record breaking. Come on, baby, won't you buy me flowers with that money spent on whiskey sours that you're buying at those wasted hours. And come on, baby, won't you talk me sweet? Instead, I'm staring at this empty seat because you got someone else you'd rather me. And we could be. Singing you this waiting song